Hello, welcome to the Richard Herring podcast feed powered by ACAST Plus. Thanks so much for listening to these. Do tell your friends if you enjoy them. The Can I Have My Ball Back Tour is back on the road this week. We're in London on the 7th in the Bloomsbury Theatre and Leicester Square Theatre on the 9th. I've got quite a lot of tickets to sell for both of those, so if you're in London, please come along. Then the 13th in Cambridge, few tickets left for that one. Uh, Leicester on the 14th, Leeds on the 15th. Uh, Salford on the 16th, Newcastle on the 17th, which is sold out on the website, but I think there might be a few more tickets to release. Uh, So do come along if you want to see me talk about my balls and one of them not being here anymore. It's a very funny show. Four star reviews in the Telegraph and the Standard. Um, Anyway, look, let's sit back, relax and enjoy another fantastic podcast from Richard Herring, the genius podcaster. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Look, you're listening to Rahala Stapa. I'm Richard Chang. My guest this week is my friend and fantastic comedian, Paul Sinha uh, has some uh, sad and amazing stories to tell us about in, in this interview. He's very open. Uh, he, he's a great guy. And you're going to really love this one, I think. Um, we're doing loads more of these throughout 2020. We're going to keep them coming out of our podcast pipe as quickly as we can. Uh, may not be two a week throughout the whole year, but uh, he recorded 100 Rahalastapas. Well, that's about last year in 2019, which is insane. So um, that's why you're getting so many right now. We will be back at the Edinburgh Fringe, uh, doing the first 10 days of the Edinburgh Fringe with 10 shows uh, on in the afternoon at the same venue as last year. Uh, tickets will be available for that pretty soon if they're not up yet. So we'd love to see you there. If you go to richtang.com slash gigs, you can find out where all of these podcasts will be and when they will be. And go to gofasterstripe.com slash badges, become a monthly badger, or gofasterstripe.com and help us out by buying some books or a game of trumps, which is very enjoyable. Uh, People have been saying how much they love the game. So um, why not get your own copy of that game? There is a few hundred thousand of them left. Um, So this is a great podcast. You are going to enjoy it. Let's sit back, relax, and enjoy Rahala Stabar with Paul Sin. The Cinnamon. Still don't. He still hasn't explained if that's a pun on cinnamon or if he's a sinner. Doesn't make sense. Anyway, one minute 42 this time. So, you know, comfortably within the two minute mark. So, fuck you all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Oxford Playhouse. Please welcome a man who has been wandering around Oxford with the La Recherche du Tom Perdu. It's Richard Herring. Hello, Oxford. Hello, Oxford. It's great to be back. 
Uh, welcome to Richard Herring's Longing for Student Time Machine podcast. Uh, you have to do a new podcast every time. And, uh, what I'm doing. I just want to do one podcast. Where it's, nah, 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 nah. I just like to do the opening where it's... Nah, 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 nah. Okay, I've gone mad. Don't worry. It's just, ti- it's just tiredness. Um, you have to change what you do with podcasts. You have to keep moving it around. Uh, and yeah, I'm just sitting... What, it's sort of weird. I was sitting in uh, Pret Mon again just before this show as well. It was the same last time. And uh, what different jumper can't be the same show. <laughs> unbreakable, unbreakable code. Uh, and like just all the students, they just look the same as all the students I was around with. I just, I just want to go back and have another crack. That's all. I just want to go back in time, be twenty again. Though I'd, I'd be happy to do it as a fifty-two-year-old as well. Though it might be a bit uh, weird, sort of specialist pornography for that one. So it's. Um, I was hanging out in the Oxford story, the, uh, <laughs> the fantastic that I presume is still here because it was so amazing. I was there in 2007. It's uh, like a, a very slow roller coaster where you travel around on a desk and look at a mannequin of Lewis Carroll in a bad wig. <laughs> you should never have closed it down. This is worse than the tales of Robin Hood. Uh, uh, how could you let it close? And a man pretending to be Percy Bysshe Shelley said he called it Rahelastopus. So I just said, uh, he didn't say what Bysshe stood for. Uh, bisexual, young, sonnet, sex. No, okay. Um, drowned. There isn't one for that in there. So uh, did he drown? Oh, suddenly I'm not sure. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I, uh, it's been a great week for me. Uh, my, uh, today. It's 300 days since I last had an alcoholic drink. Would you believe it? I seem quite drunk, don't I? That's just, I'm drunk on, the, on sanctimony. Uh, so, uh, so I'm very excited about that. See if I can get to 360. I'm quite missing it now. I'm quite fun. Shall I just get a little drink? No, I won't. Uh, and uh, bad news for me. My daughter uh, decided she wanted to marry a balloon. Uh, <laughs> This week, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? Is it cheating to have sex with the balloon? I don't know. Uh, the balloon is of a human form. It's Emmett from uh, the Lego movie that my son had for his birthday, and she'd taken a shine to him, and she was holding his hand and saying she wanted to, she was his married. She's what she called him. Not sure I approve. She's too young, uh, but she's also going to comedy. I did mention in a recent podcast her knock knock jokes, and I've written one down for you. This is the one she told me uh, at breakfast yesterday morning. Knock knock, who's there? Ketchup bottle. Ketchup bottle who? He's always trying to make pizza. Ugh, that smells! Um, that's pretty good. just love the idea. He's always trying to make pizza. That's the first... He's always trying to make pizza. Uh, she's deconstructing jokes already. She doesn't, to be fair, understand how knock-knock jokes work, but it's still better than any of the ones I've managed. Uh, look, we're going to crack straight on because we've got a fantastic guest this week and limited time to interview. So, will you please welcome this week's guest. He's probably best known for his appearance on Celebrity Catchphrase, surely the greatest ITV quiz show there is. <laughs> after Tipping Point, obviously, after Tipping Point. <laughs> will you please welcome Paul Sinner, ladies and gentlemen. Johnny, <laughs> sit down. Please stop homeless. Water, we thought of everything. We thought of literally everything. You have, yes. uh, yeah. How did you uh, get on on, uh, on the, the catchphrase, celebrity catchphrase? Well, it's interesting you ask, yeah. because before, um, before when we had a chat in the dressing room, you yeah. said, don't bring up Parkinson's disease with every question. 
<laughs> and yet I had the misfortune to record celebrity catchphrase five days oh. after being diagnosed with uh, Parkinson's. Had to do it, honour the commitment, because it was yeah. an opportunity to make a lot of money for a charity very close to my heart, uh, which is me. It was an opportunity. <laughs> but it's fair to say that my brain's neurons weren't firing at any level. Right. I was glad I did it, because I've always enjoyed the show. Yeah. And I'm glad that somehow or another I raised five and a half grand for the charity. But in terms of actually being an opportunity to show the clarity of thought and speed at which my brain is well known for, it failed at every level. It was, okay. it was, it was, it was kind of embarrassing. You still won, though. Or did you, was oh, that, good that, God, no. No, that was second. You got Here we go. Beaten yeah. by Anton Dubeck, fine, intelligent man. And, and Gemma Collins from the <laughs> noted wildlife documentary, The Only Way is Essex. So... <laughs> I mean, it's not a real quiz, is it? Just looking at pictures and saying what you see, that's not... No, but in many ways, it's... it's, just, it's I mean, you say that, but in many ways, it's testing an intelligence that's more valuable in life <laughs> than knowing that Percy Shelley did indeed drown in 1822. <laughs> I was just worried, because the audience didn't seem to get the reference, and I thought, it's Oxford, they must be clever. That's how I remember, because Bish sounds a bit like fish. I always think that's kind of ironic that he drowned. Oh, OK. That's how I remember. Or, or Shelley rhymes with at the bottom of the sea, very smelly. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how you want to How did you get on in uh, Celebrity uh, t- Tipping Point Lucky Stars, I believe it's. The... That was better. I mean, okay. I, didn't, I, I mean, I hadn't watched enough Tipping Point to have a clue how to do the tactics. Yeah, but I did finish true. second out of three and a respectable second to the okay. brain box that is Mark Levette. Okay. Uh, but, and, but I really enjoyed that. And Ben Shepard's great. I mean, to be fair, Stephen Mulhern is great as well. Yeah. They're brilliant presenters. Uh, but I, I enjoyed Tipping Point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've done Tipping Point. Really? Yeah, I'm not allowed to. It's not been on yet, so I'm not allowed to talk about it yet. You've never struck me as being ITV. Yeah, well, that's, I feel... I've never been on The Chase, and, no. you know, I feel it's your fear of, of my skill that was... Uh, <laughs> that put you up. That will be I, it. I, I think they've been going, Paul, can we have Rich Herring? It's not, no, it's not that they're me. waiting for Stuart Leaf to say yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be very bad, and also would absolutely never do it. <laughs> I will 100% do it if you ask me. So, uh, I'm, 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 I'm I will put a word in for you. And, I, and actually, the producer is a massive fan of yours. Oh, really? She's a very well, if Tipping Point have had me on, then I am very IT. They can have me now. Because I've done, once Tipping Point comes out and they see, well, I can't say. It's, n- <laughs> it's not long before family fortunes, Herring. <laughs> I knew, I did, I did get offered Family Fortunes when I was going out with Julia Sawala. She was going to be on uh, Family Fortunes. That's a superb bit of name drop. Thank you. <laughs> but I was going to be on as her common law fuck buddy. <laughs> I think I was her boyfriend. I think that's what I was. Um, so, look, I guess, I guess, because, like, otherwise... We're going to have to do the serious bit really near the start. Is this, is this your show? You can do, <laughs> you can do whatever you like. But I think it's, um, it's, we're going to have to uh, discuss straight away. what the, Your year's been uh, it's described in the papers as a roller coaster, an anus horribilis, which I always thought when I saw you. Uh, and, uh, or an anus <laughs> mirabilis. Thought I'd put some light humour in just to start us going. Uh, you can see the... how you got the jobs on ITV now, don't you? <laughs> um, but, yeah, you've, you've had, like, some extremely bad news that I think you knew was coming. But... Well, it's been an odd year. Yeah. Um, this, I mean, my year essentially starts on Christmas Day when I got pissed on Prosecco and decided to do something that I never thought I was going to do, which is to propose to my boyfriend of the last... Uh, who I've been going out with since 2016. I have to say that the thought of marrying him had not crossed my mind at any stage during the relationship. 
because we're just not that type of people. Right. However, just watching him, I've got an autistic nephew and what they call a neurotypical niece, although that's the first time I've used that word on stage. Uh, and he's so effortlessly their uncle that I just thought, why not make this an official thing? Uh, and I decided on that day that I'd uh, get married or to propose. And in uh, a rare event, really, I nailed it. Uh, I felt <laughs> the, the proposal was, was amazing. I, I, I got everything right. Yeah. I had a speech prepared, and somehow or other we ended up on a bridge over the River Tiber with the moon shining in Rome. And it couldn't have been any more romantic. And I honestly didn't know what he was going to say. And he immediately said yes. And I thought, this is great. I've got something to talk about at Edinburgh at last. <laughs> so I decided to call my show uh, A Hazy Little Thing Called Love. Uh, and it, I kind of got lucky because up to June, uh, I hadn't written a word of the show because I, I tore the show the previous year and yeah. then used June and July to write the show. And I was struggling. Uh, but then I got an escape route on May the 30th this year when I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Yeah. And one of my first thoughts was, excellent, I don't have to do Edinburgh this year. <laughs> I've got an escape route. That was obviously not my first thought, but uh, it, it wasn't unexpected. I've had a problem with my right shoulder for since September 2017, okay. and it's been treated as orthopaedic all along. The first thing I did when I got engaged was basically a specialist shoulder surgeon to go, I'm getting married in December. Um, can you do something about the shoulder? And he examined it and did MRI scans. And as is the wont with extremely arrogant surgical consultants, um, he decided that it was going to be a piece of piss to sort my shoulder out. Right. And so the first time I was put on a general anaesthetic in January, and by March I'd had literally no improvement in the frozen shoulder whatsoever. And the physiotherapist that I was seeing started making ominous tones. He wasn't saying to me, there's something wrong with you. He was saying, why don't you see your GP and see if you can get some sort of referral to a neurologist. And then in May, my life kind of fell apart. I was in New Zealand, and in New Zealand, uh, the chase is on three times a day uh, on, on, on their main channel. And we are proper celebrities in New Zealand. Yeah. It's a really weird thing to go through, not least because for the first time in my life, I was selling well, and this was, a, <laughs> this was a totally new experience for me. But yeah. at the same time, my limp was getting worse. Um, I, fe- I had a nasty fall in the middle, uh, walking uh, from one bar to another, and, and uh, I went onto this website that tells you whether it's neurology or alcohol. It... <laughs> it's called TripAdvisor. It's really good. Um... <laughs> Who doesn't love a good pun? Who doesn't love a good pun? <laughs> Uh, but I became increasingly aware over the course of the month that I probably had Parkinson's disease. Uh, and that was confirmed when I got back. Yeah, so that's... I mean, like some comedians would say, oh, good, I've got an Edinburgh show. You were saying, oh, good, I don't have to do an Edinburgh show. Well, there was no question that I had to cancel Edinburgh. I just yeah. didn't have a chance to make a decision. Yeah. I think that I was diagnosed a few days before the brochure came out properly and tickets went on sale. And I didn't know what medication... I was going to take... I didn't know for how long I was going to take it. I didn't know whether there was going to be investigations all through the months of June and July. I just didn't know whether I had any time yeah. to commit to writing an Edinburgh show. So I thought it was best to step out. Yeah, no, I, step think, out I, the think, so. I think that's best. And I don't know. So for people who don't know, what, what, does, what happens with Parkinson's disease and what's the, 
it's it's a it's a long term. Well, I've, I've done some thing. research. And what happens is you prolong your glorious heavyweight boxing career <laughs> until, <laughs> until, until it's all a bit too late. It's I don't know. I mean, I, obviously, I'm I'm a doctor. I'm meant to know this stuff. Yeah. But the thing with Parkinson's is everybody is different. I don't. I'll show you here. My tremor is light. It's it's there on on the one side. I didn't present in a typical way. I presented with a frozen shoulder. It's 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 the way that has been known. <laughs> Uh, but you become increasingly aware that no two people are the same, and you just don't know. I don't know if they've caught this early. I've no idea. There's just no way of telling whether they've caught it early um, or whether they caught it later. What I do know is that I'm young for it, and yeah. therefore, hopefully, I'll be at the uh, sort of forefront of any research or drugs trials or this, that, and the other. But at the moment, I don't care. I've got Parkinson's. I've just, I don't know how to deal with it because I don't know how it's going to manifest itself over the years, it's my job to make sure that I enjoy the time that I'm healthy. That's, that's my thing. Yeah, yeah. And so the first thing I did was write a show. And I've got a show, and I've, I've done it six nights already. And more, perhaps more importantly, I, I closed a Parkinson's benefit at the Comedy Store a couple of weeks ago, which is, as you can probably imagine, nerve-wracking to play a room where there are any, any, up to 50 to 100 people with Parkinson's disease. And me has decided to become irreverent about the whole situation. Yeah. It's a risk, but luckily it was a risk that turned out to be worth taking. But you, you, don't, you don't know whether your tone is appropriate. No. Because, of course, there are other people out there who are suffering a lot more than I am at the moment. But comedy is, you know, is always a way through with, with anything that's a setback, anything that's an illness, anything, you know. With, the, with these podcasts, you know, it's, it's so amazing how many people will email me and say how this has helped, you know, not, not expecting help. Comedy has helped them get through depression or through, like, suicidal thoughts, all sorts of things. And comedy is, I think, so important in, if, if you're going through something and someone else is going through it... It's to be able to find undoubtedly true what yeah. you say. However, none of us, and I mean literally no comedian I know, has gone into comedy to inspire people. No. <laughs> or be a role model. <laughs> or be be anything like that we, we go in to make people laugh that's sure. why we do it it's, it's the uh, the addiction is the sound of people laughing and appreciating what you do it's how you reach that point that changes as your life changes when i started as a comedian you're not going to believe this when i started as a comedian i used to bore people to tears with relentless jokes about being gay i mean it's, it's an extraordinary thing to imagine now but um that's but i was very one-liner driven it's all yeah. i wanted to do was make people laugh then you're on stage and you develop a bit more craft and a bit more idea of what you want to do and you start telling longer stories and anecdotes. And then after that, you start thinking, especially given how many years you've been doing Edinburgh, I had, I, Edinburgh was quite a late thing in my career. 2004 was my first Edinburgh show, nine years after my first gig. You start structuring a show, trying to work out what you're trying to say and I've got a fuckload of things I'd like to say right now. Uh, and that's what's driven the righteous... Not, I don't know if anger's the right word, but the, 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 the righteous spirit and passion of what the show that I've just written. Yeah. Because the thing, the thing that drives me more than anything else with my years on the chase uh, and with the months following Parkinson's is that we live in a country where our tabloid press are utter scum <laughs> and don't give a shit about anything you say or do as long as they can misrepresent it and lie about it and cover your story. In a, I had so many offers of interviews after the diagnosis, where the press promised to be uh, sympathetic uh, and empathetic. 
and they're just not capable. It's, 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 and it, my anger... The fact they have to promise that, Paul, is kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Parkinson's, oh, we'll be empathetic. Okay, yeah, I, I sort of assumed you would be. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. Um, and, I, I mean, there, there is a righteous anger that I have that's very much driven by the, the, the depressing thought that when my diagnosis came out on Friday, I think the 15th of June, every single offer of an interview was from a newspaper that I wouldn't touch with a barge pole. And the Sun didn't even do their research and find out which football team I've supported since the age of seven. <laughs> uh, that, that, that absolute lack of research. So yeah. the, I think the, the big thing that I, I want to stress is that I'm still alive. Yes. I'm still a professional. I, I am a professional quizzer, but I'm also a professional comedian. Uh, and I've got a you know, t- national tour coming up next year. And honestly, it's really good. <laughs> the, the show that I was going to write before I got Parkinson's was, in comparison, going to be shit. So, <laughs> so if, there, if this cloud does have a silver lining, it is that I've got a really, really passionate and, in my opinion, funny show about everything that's happened to me in the last 12 to 18 months. Of course. And I, do want, I think you, you wrote a blog quite early on. I think, you, you know, you, you sort of said, the, you've said in interviews that you, were, you know, had a couple of weeks of turmoil and then went public with it and wrote, but in your own terms, and wrote a very heartfelt but very beautiful blog about it that's very kind of you to say yeah um, it upset my dad actually who didn't understand why i had to go public right uh, if, i don't know if anyone like me is obsessed with googling their name <laughs> but when you google your name you find out what other people have been googling about you and i'd suddenly notice from about march april people are googling paul sinha stroke question mark paul sinha neurological disease question mark and paul sinha parkinson's question mark and I thought, I need, to, I need to take the control. I need to take, have some agency in the whole way that this news is being delivered. I can't just have people gossiping. Because Taskmaster proved to be a very big thing in my life. Because when I watched episodes of Taskmaster, and every neurologist I've ever spoken to who's watched episodes of Taskmaster, they can see that I had Parkinson's, something that I couldn't see with my own eyes. Yeah. Um, and... That, that's, that, that, that's, that's been a key part of the whole process. Is when my mind and my body were breaking down, there were ten episodes of Dave's most popular comedy show <laughs> that could be used as a clinical study in this... <laughs> this is what happened. I'm not saying that I was shit on task whilst just because of the Parkinson's. <laughs> I would never be that disingenuous. Yeah. I can't do tasks to save my life. I, had no, I just had no idea how bad I was going to be at the tasks and tasks. I just didn't know. What I also didn't know was in the live studio tasks, there were some that I just couldn't do because I physically couldn't do them. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was one of the big worries going to the uh, comedy festival in New Zealand. I knew something was up. Yeah. But equally, you knew that people were, people were, were, t- were twigging, that people would be talking about it if you didn't, if you didn't take the control of it. That... Somebody actually... Uh... The, su- the Sunday after I was diagnosed, somebody actually sent me a photo of uh, Rory Kettlin-Jones, the uh, BBC journalist who has Parkinson's, mm-hmm. and said, no offence, Paul, but... And just showed me a photo of somebody else with Parkinson's. And I thought, right. this, is, this, this is a lovely way that strangers communicate with you. <laughs> I, I, I like the fact that he thought it had never crossed my mind yeah. that I might have a neurological disease. Yeah. Thank, thank you for filling in the gaps in my knowledge and understanding. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, people are... I was going to ask you what's the... People must be treating you in a different way 
I'm, and I know you ask in your blog to be treated the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's an interesting one, that. Um, I did say in my blog, all I want is for people to treat me the same. And ever since I completed that blog, all I want is for people to treat me differently. <laughs> <laughs> you, you say what you think is right, but actually yeah. there are some people that uh, behave with spectacular uh, <laughs> thoughtlessness. Uh, people that ask for a selfie and go... Come on then, smile. That's, 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 that's a nice one. Or people yeah. that go, I know, I know you've got a, right shoulder, a frozen shoulder, but can you sign these 17 photographs I've got of you that I've collected? Things that, think, that sort of thoughtless things like that. Yeah. Um, I went on a very horrific train journey last week, uh, and one of my very good friends wrote on Facebook, this is why we have cars. And I wanted to go, well, I don't. Because I'm not allowed to drive anymore. (laughs) Had it ever occurred to you that I don't drive because I'm no longer allowed to drive? You can't expect everybody to live the life through the prism of what you're going through. They say they will when they send you messages. Comedians send messages going, anything you want, Paul, anything you want, just say so. And then you turn up to Marcus Brigstock's house demanding a foot massage and a ratatouille. (laughs) And he tells you where to go. So... So, but but, you, but you, you know that there is a sincerity and an insincerity that, 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 of that, that life gives you. And it's fine. People yeah. have been nice. People have been supportive. Yeah. No, of course. But, I mean, but then you had this, you know, you've had this fantastic success with the quizzing. You, you won the, the Great British Quiz... The British Quiz Sorry. It's not a Channel 4 spin-off. The Great British off, off, the yeah. quiz off. It's not a British, Channel 4. The British Quizzing Championship, yeah. which is an incredible... Achievement, because as you yourself say, you sort of see yourself as the Tottenham of quizzing. It's, it's <laughs> I mean, it, it's the it's the biggest thing I've ever done in yeah. my life. I yeah. have to say, but a lot of that is not the actual achievement, but what went before it. Because winning the British Quiz Championship isn't as difficult as it sounds, in that it's a two hundred and forty quiz questions on a Saturday morning. And if they happen to suit you better than your rivals, then you've got a decent chance of winning. It's it's about what sort of day you have. But the fact of the matter is that I, A, worked really hard, because I went on honeymoon to Berlin four months before getting married, because I didn't have anything to do in August. In August, because the Edinburgh Festival was cancelled, we decided to go to Berlin. And me and Ollie, my fiancé, just sat in bed for most of it, with him firing questions at me. Um, yep, rock and roll. Um, it's the honeymoon we all want. Because I wanted to do well yeah. at the British Quiz Championships, because I didn't know when I'd next get a chance to compete at the highest level, not knowing how my life was going to pan out. I've got British Quiz Championships, let's give this a go. And then with a, with a week to go, a friend of mine called Barry, a really lovely friend, invited me to a dinner party with other quiz friends the night before. And it was a massive dilemma to have done all that work and then go, shall I just get absolutely shit-faced on the Friday <laughs> night because I love the people that I was having the dinner party with. And I did. So I didn't just win the British Quiz Championships. I won it, having got voluntarily shit-faced the <laughs> night before, thinking that I'd, uh, that I'd uh, basically thrown away my chances of winning the British Quiz Championships. Uh, and I cried for about... Th- I-, I couldn't do any of the rest of the day's quizzing. So I just sat in a room and cried for hours. Yeah. And the reason I cried for hours is I never thought I'd reach my Everest. And I certainly never thought I'd reach my Everest uh, two months after getting diagnosed with the worst news of my life. It won't, it, I mean, realistically, it just won't get any better. This will be the best quiz result I've ever had in my life. And I made it just in time, <laughs> just before the dopamine starts depleting uh, and that I start getting more unwell. I just made it in time. And that was the most amazing thing I've ever done in my life. And, yeah. and it, 
It's, it's, when you describe it, it sounds exciting. It's an utterly tedious spectacle. <laughs> having, <laughs> having 150 quizzes sat in a room silently answering written quiz questions. It's, it's, it's not a spectacle. But for those that take part in it, it is the biggest, it's just the biggest thing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it is incredible. You know, it's probably even better than winning catchphrase. So, it's, uh, you know, it's, you haven't... Well, that's what I was done. dealing with. I mean, yeah. technically, Gemma Collins is the actual British quiz yeah. champion. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But it's, uh, you, wrote, you, wrote, you wrote a great blog about it as well. And, the, you know, a few, the questions that came up, you made some great educated guesses about I'd, seven or eight of them, which I guess everyone who's done quizzes has had that sort of experience yeah. where you'd... But sometimes you don't. I saw yeah. the paper... I missed the World Championship. It was the biggest event of my year because I was having a brain scan. And I saw the paper afterwards and I thought... None of this I revised. I'm glad I missed it. I, none of this stuff that came up I was part of my revision. But the opposite happened when it needed to happen. And so sometimes you could spend your life wallowing in the, the bad luck that you have, or you could spend your life celebrating the good fortune that you have, and I'd prefer to do the latter. Yes, good. I mean, the, the questions on it are nuts, though. I mean, those eight questions... On the blog, you used to do eight questions, and they're who won the Welsh weightlifter... What is it? Man... Strong man of the year or something. Yeah, but but, but yeah, if, if if you didn't have them hard, then Kevin Ashman off Eggheads yeah. would score two hundred and forty out of two hundred and forty, <laughs> uh, and nobody would bother turning up. You have to have hard questions, yeah. but also there are a lot of easy ones. I just didn't put those on the block. <laughs> it's a bit like the chase. It's a bit like the chase. Uh, and a lot of the questions are really really easy. Because you, you can't just ask difficult questions, no. or people just walk out their soul crushed. You have to have people, you have to have keep people's interest in it. Yeah, if I come on the chase. I'm going for the the biggest money. Give me lots of. I'll, I'll go for the biggest money. Yeah, guaranteed. Uh, I, There's no I, point in coming I've, in, I've, is there? I've watched your career for a number of years yeah. now, Richard, and, <laughs> and none of this is a surprise. <laughs> you put me on. Give me eight, eight to a hundred grand. I'll go for it. There's no point in going on, is there? For like a thousand pounds divided between four. Well, no, there isn't. But you get that anyway yeah. on celebrity chase. You get. Um, a thousand pounds for your charity, anyway. Okay. And how much? For, how much do I get for me? Do you know, it depends on status. <laughs> Not as much as Jack White always has. No, that's a shame. They do. They pay you for going on these shows. I donate my month fee to my bank account. So it's uh, that's why I always I always do that. I always do it. So you're getting married in December. Yep. So that you know, there's there on balance. There's more good things than bad things this year. On balance, it's turned out pretty well. I'd like to see your calculations. <laughs> You're working out. But no, I, I'm not... I'm, I've, I've changed. Yeah. I've watched my personality change yeah. since I started medication. And it's tough yes. to know that your personality is changing. I throw tantrums more often. I'm more emotionally fragile. Um, and, uh, but what I'm not is depressed. I'm not down about having Parkinson's. And I don't think I'm going to be down even when it actually properly kicks in because i enjoy life and i enjoy being a comedian and i enjoy being a quizzer and i'm getting married in december and it's yeah. going to be absolutely gobsmackingly amazing to marry a guy i sort of love um, <laughs> it's good uh, to start out that way because that's how it ends up yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. <laughs> Let's ask you an emergency question. We'll come back. We'll come back to this. So the uh... The, the people here tonight, some of them have waited since last week and haven't had one of these, so they'll be, <laughs> they'll be very excited about it. Oh, I'll ask you, I'll let me ask you my new emergency question. It worked really well last week. <laughs> have you ever been... <laughs> I can't even read it now. Uh, have you ever been uh, put into a poisonous coma by hornets? Nearly. Yeah. Walking holiday, 1981. Really? Okay. So it's uh... a great question. Y Valley, 1981, yeah. both of them summer, as I know it, because yeah. I missed all of it because we were walking the Y Valley. Uh, and uh, a guy uh, called Raymond Leake, I think, had an anaphylactic reaction and his arms swelled to at least one and a half, possibly even two times. Wow. Two and a half times, uh, maybe, yeah. um, the size it usually is. And uh, Mr Ashenhurst, I think, our English teacher went, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, there's a common English phrase, don't stir a hornet's nest. <laughs> And he thought he was being funny, and the rest of us were all in agony and didn't think it was funny at all. So I have been, yeah. I have been put into a near I, coma by a hornet. I think probably everyone's probably got a story about being stung by an insect. Probably not as good as George Monpio's. Um, OK, I'd ask you that question. Did I ask? I don't think I ever asked you. Have you ever seen a ghost? No. OK. <laughs> I, 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 did, I did go to a wedding in Calcutta uh, many, many years ago, which we didn't want to go to because we didn't know anybody there. Uh, but my dad said to me and my sister, you've got to go. Uh, my cousin said he's, he's, uh, di- he's, he's dying to meet you. And you can guess where that story goes. Uh, we got there. He was dead. Oh, my we, God. We met him on a slab. I don't think that quite counts as a that's ghost. Not, a dead person isn't a ghost. No. I mean, maybe they might become that's the, one. That's the closest. Yeah. But you've got to see the spirit aside from the body. If the, if the dead person's there and then they're sitting beside going, <laughs> that's the, that one's the ghost. Um, how about this question? How about this question for you, Paul? If you could have any one item from any art gallery or museum, all the art galleries and museums in the world get together and say, we're going to give you one of our things and you can take it away. You can choose anything from any museum or art gallery. What one thing would you take into your possession? Probably Hieronymus Bosch's Garden of Earthly Delights. OK. Because I don't know if you've seen it. It just never stops. Yeah. I've never seen any painting with more on it yes. and more detail. <laughs> You could look at it for five days and then you could go, oh, there's two goblins fucking. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's the one that would keep me occupied for yeah. the longest. So. That's a good answer. 
So you're nearly 50, you're coming up to 50 next year. I, I thought you were younger than that. You look younger than that. That's very kind. It's the medication. <laughs> how, you feel, how are you feeling about hitting, hitting 50? So the odd thing is, Richard, it's not, it's not even close to being on, on my agenda. I don't care. Yeah. I genuinely don't care. I'd be more worried if I wasn't coming up to 50. Yeah. Uh, for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, it's, it's, never, it's never been important to me. And uh, at, although... Um, I just realised I'm doing something very special on my 50th birthday. Yeah. Which is that I'm going to see the Pet Shop Boys at the O2. I couldn't quite believe it. They're my favourite band by a country mile. They were the soundtrack to all my lonely standing in a gay bar in London years. And, um, <laughs> and so lonely, in fact, that I once waited till the end and found the last bloke standing. And he was so old, he told me he used to be a secretary to Harold Wilson. That was a... <laughs> So the Pet Shop Boys were the yeah. perfect soundtrack to that bleakness. <laughs> uh, and I've, I've always admired their music. They're by far my favourite band. And I got a, a tweet from a mate going, have you booked tickets for the Pet Shop Boys? Uh, and not only was I astonished to find that they were playing the O2 on my 50th birthday, but it is a greatest hits tour. Right. Because there's one thing I say about the Pet Shop Boys, you don't want to listen to any of their songs in the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it, it's, it's a horrible reminder that doesn't matter how creative you get, you soon eventually lose it. Uh, so it's our greatest hits tour. And that's, I mean, that, what, I can't think of any better way to spend my 50th that's birthday. That's good. I didn't do anything on my 50th birthday. Well, the Pet Shop Boys weren't touring. They weren't. I don't think I'd have chosen the Pet Shop Boys. But I'm not sure what I would They'll have chosen. They'll be gutted. I, would, I wouldn't know what I would have chosen. Um... Uh, and uh, so, how did you find Taskmaster apart from? Did you enjoy? Because Taskmaster's my, you know, dream job. Really, I'd love to go on that. Do you, you're quite, you're competitive. Not remotely competitive, you're as not... you may have seen on Taskmaster. Um, I, I, I mean, uh, first things first. The caveats out of the way. The team are amazing. Uh, Alex Horn is a genius. Greg Davis is one of the funniest human beings that has ever lived. They're great, and you're treated incredibly well. I felt all along, somehow or another, that I was letting down a family heirloom. <laughs> because the show's so popular and has such a sort of loyal fan base who turn up to the live show wanting to know how we've done in the tasks. And they watch me and they just go, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and what it was was a man who didn't know he had a neurological disease who has spent his entire life being unable to do the simplest of tasks who's only sicky that he ever called when he was a kid, was when me and the Sinha family failed to make a boat for a scientist's open day. Uh, I've never been able to do anything. I've yeah. never been able to laterally think. This quizzing, this is why I don't put myself on a pedestal because of this quizzing thing. This quizzing thing is the one intellectual pursuit that I'm actually good at. Anything else, I'm, I'm dog shit, to be honest with you. And it came across <laughs> on task. I can't make stuff. I can't physically create stuff. And I just uh, didn't spot every single trick and shortcut. I failed to spot them again and again and again. And it was tough. But on Taskmaster, that's quite good. It's quite good to have someone well, so it the, turned the out. doofus, isn't it? It is. But that's the best person on it. Yeah, so, the, Phil, I mean, yeah, the Phil Wang, unless Phil Wang yeah. was in, he wasn't in your warmers. Well, I mean, if I can give you a joke that I've got in my show yeah. um, from uh, the catchphrase day, when I went into my dressing room and I said, why are we how we are as, as a nation that Boris Johnson's going to become Prime Minister because people find his incompetence appealing. And Gemma Collins made a fortune because people find her incompetence appealing. And my agent then turns to me and says, 
Oh, by the way, your money's just come through for Taskmaster. <laughs> um, that was, everyone kept saying to me, they'll love you. They'll yeah. absolutely love you. And I didn't believe them. Because it, I, was, I wasn't just going through the incompetence of the tasks. I was going through... It's really hard to say this. It sounds like an excuse. But I was going through some intellectual rigidity uh, on the show where banter was flying left, right, left, right. And I was sat there looking gormless for half of it because I just found it hard to get into the pace of the show. Mm-hmm. And it was only when I was watching it back that I thought to myself, oh, I know, I now know what was going on. And for me, it's a really hard watch, which is a shame because they're fantastic tasks. It's yeah. a fantastic TV show. But it is now, sadly, a bit of a clinical study. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, for people who spotted that, but obviously most people... Because if, if it was that obvious, then people, you know, it would have been more noted. You know, people who were looking for that would have spotted it. But I honestly don't think most people would have spotted it. No, and, and, and the ones that I did really badly in, I really did enjoy watching back. <laughs> the, the, the one, the, blind, the blindfold uh, mobility scooter. and <laughs> I didn't come last in that task, you know. <laughs> Someone other, Lou Sanders, came last in that task. She looked at me with daggers when, when she realised I'd scored more than her. But, uh, wow. And there was also an episode where I won. And, you know, I'm not going to say... I'm not going to cast aspersions, but it was very nice of the producers to put together a show where my good tasks all came in the same episode. <laughs> I thought that was a nice, nice piece of scheduling. Well, it's, a, it's a lovely show, and you're very lucky to have been on it. So it's... Uh... <laughs> So it's a chase, funny enough. Yeah, exactly. Lovely. What I love, we've talked about the tablets, but I I say this with all the... It's it's the chase and pointless especially, but the Daily Express and the Daily Mail go mad for those articles. Well, it's the Express that's the origin. You'll never believe what happened on the chase and then sort of nothing. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm aware that Dave Gorman's got stuff about this in the show that I've I've chatted to him about. But, I mean, this is really of interest if you are a fan of the sort of absolute pond life of online tabloid pages. But every episode that we do is covered, no matter whether anything actually of interest happens. <laughs> yeah. And my favourite was, Chase fans in turmoil as Cineman drops major revelation. When I read it, the major revelation was, I can't make an omelette. That was... <laughs> a, a, a national news story in the Daily Express. And mostly... Mostly, it is amusing. But ever since June, when they don't realise that the episodes that are being shown at the moment were filmed before my diagnosis, there's the, the idiocy is... Um, there's one where Bradley says something really mild to me, like, you're always horrible to me, or something like that. And all it was was a bit of banter. Well, I put him down in some way, and he just said, lightheartedly, you're always horrible to me. Uh, and somebody made this out as though on a newspaper made it out as though this was a particularly tasteless thing to say given his recent diagnosis of Parkinson's disease yeah. and like what the fuck are you talking about this episode was, was shown was, was recorded like eight, nine, ten months before it's when, when they use that I don't, I, it, it's really weary to know that once a week you're going to be in the Daily Express <laughs> Um, and it's quite a wearying thing. It's just so sometimes it's more than wearying. Sometimes it's yeah. like... And I've, deci- I've decided that when I think they've crossed the line, I will bring it up on Twitter. And 
sometimes they have changed the headline. So it's not right. that they don't, they, they, they as, a, as a result. It's such an odd, you know, of all the things you could get that preoccupied about, and, and I love quiz shows, yeah. and I, you know, I, I, but it's, it's such a weird thing to be putting in the newspapers, but I, I, guess, I guess that's happening more and more. You know, things come, you tweet something sometimes, one tweets something sometimes, and it becomes a news story, you know, a, a joke about something becomes an actual story in the news it's sort of journalists aren't really looking much for their computers for a lot of their stories now yeah i'm raising money for for my wedding i'm not having any wedding gifts not out of generosity but our flat's tiny we don't want any wedding gifts (laughs) so we're raising money for my autistic nephew's school and a couple of papers have run that as a story and it's like none of it's just none of your business it's just a little side project that i'm trying to raise money for my nephew's school, and it's not like they put a link into the, the Just Giving page. No. Um, and uh, what I think Entertainment Today, whoever the fuck they are, uh, ran the story, Cinema, known for his cutting humour. And I, I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> Doing something. shit on the task force. On task force. <laughs> it's because you're so evil and trying to stop people winning money, they assume you're bad. You're doing your job, so you won't just have to roll do a job. Over and let Clinical me... fraud, yes. If it's if it's not oh, criminal if you, fraud, if you let them if you let them yeah. win, let me win if I'm on them, won't you? I won't be your chaser. <laughs> oh. We we know each other too well. Oh really? Yeah. I'd have thought they would like that though on the show to put you with someone you knew. They try to do that as little as possible. Really? I don't want to do it if you're not the guy. <laughs> I'll have no fun in winning everything. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, on the chase, see, that would be my tactic. You t- there's enough luck in it. It's only getting through the first bit. The first bit's difficult, and then the, there's the questions. It's just, you know, it's, it's a good show. It's no Tipping Point, but it's a good show. <laughs> and what, I like, what I like about Tipping Point is, and as I'm usually very competitive, I don't know if you've noticed, and usually need to win, but on Tipping Point, I wouldn't have minded even if I hadn't won. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I, I there's love so much. You can just like someone could like you can have someone. There was someone from Love Island on there, and I just realised at one point, Christ, if that just this if she dislodges all of those coins right now, then she's she'll win getting one question right, and basically that more or less happened. So <laughs> it's it's you know it's it's there's so much luck. You I, lo- I love the fact that you started with Celebrity Mastermind, yeah. and you've gradually worked your way yeah. down <laughs> until your ambition until is like finally realised. It's almost like dreaming of winning the world quizzing championships and being happy with the British. <laughs> That's not fair. Um, let's uh, let's ask you a couple more emergency questions. I'm aware we've got to, we've, our time is limited due to you know it being Sunday and the, we've got to get. Ten forty four is my train. Ten forty four. Okay, we'll get. We'll come. As on. long as I'm on that train, I'm here as long as you like. Okay, cool. Um, here's a new. What's the, who is the most famous or surprising person you found yourself in the lift with? Not that you've got into a lift with. I'm allowed to expand that out to escalators and doorways and... It's not the life I've led, mate. No? I, I, can't, honest, I can't honestly give you a true answer to that okay. question. It's just, it's just never happened. You've never been elected with anyone, even at a TV studio, someone else has got in from the next door studio. If, if I could remember, I, I'd, I'd tell you, but okay. it's just never happened. Okay. That's all right. Sorry. That's all right. Who is the most famous person you've asked to dance? I'm guessing no one as well. David Johns. <laughs> I've never asked anyone famous to dance. No, no, I'd, no. I'd, I'd, do you dance? Do you like dancing? <laughs> Parkinson's. Um, <laughs> in, historically, you can still No, dance. no, I'm not, I'm not a dancer. No. 
Um, the dancing I, I, no, gets no. more fun now, Paul. That we, we, <laughs> <laughs> got all the excuses lined up now. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're thinking of um, get because me and Ollie neither of us like to dance. We're thinking no. of trying to hire people wearing masks with our face <laughs> on, so that we are an ever present, uh, ever, ever present on the dance floor during our wedding. Neither of us are dancers. No, just... I, not, but I, did, I, did, I had my first dance at our wedding. We just got. I hadn't really planned anything for my wedding. I tried to um, bust the speech basically. Yeah. Uh, what was your first dance? Uh, first dance was to uh, "Girl from Mars" by Ash. Great song. Uh, Ours we... is "I will never be, I will never be your woman." by white tail. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we just got drunk, so drunk that we just like went mental, and it was really. And my niece was actually quite impressed how cool it was because I was chuck. I was started spinning my wife. I mean, I could have killed her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a bit like a bit. Do you remember in Top Secret where they're doing, uh, we're doing Saturday Night Fever, which is, I started thinking about Top Secret because I saw, I saw Top, Top Secret, it must be 40 years ago, Top Secret came out. 1984. In the, in the uh... <laughs> 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 Only because I remember going to see it at the Bromley yeah. Odeon. Yeah, I saw well, it across, I saw it in the cinema over there, I don't think it's a cinema anymore in Oxford with my brother. Oh, happy days. Uh, right, we're going to go deeper into the emergency questions book. Um, and find something extraordinary. Um, let's see. Let's see what this is. I don't know what this question is, and I, I'm going to go through it. I think this might be a complicated one. If you and your four best friends were in the Spice Girls, <laughs> what would be your Spice names? This is a trick question. The names are easy. The real test is to work out who your best four friends are. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I've given away the trick. Uh, Malish uh, would be. Uh, it's quite a long. Um, it's quite a long nickname. Yeah. But Malish, a friend of mine from medical school, would be the guy coincidentally also called Sinha, so that his son at his son's cricket games, everyone goes up to him and goes, "You're not the guy off the chase." <laughs> okay. Uh, then there is uh, Dave, uh, and he's a medical friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, and he is uh, possibly infertile spice. <laughs> Uh, another Dave, yeah. um, who runs a web, uh, website company now, but was a comedian that I used to really fancy in the noughties. Uh, and his nickname would be, if I didn't fancy him and write really good material to impress him in the noughties, I wouldn't be here now, Spice. Wow, OK. Um, so that, that's, that's three. Yeah. Uh, and the, one more. the fourth one is Duncan, uh, <laughs> again from medical school, yeah. who is... Uh, mention me on your Wikipedia page or I'm going to vandalise it. Spice. <laughs> and thanks to him, there was a story on my Wikipedia page for at least a few years that I once ate a family-sized pork pie in a <laughs> test match between England and India at the Oval. It was England-Sri Lanka. So, uh, <laughs> the vandal- good. Well, that was a good question because we found out that your four best friends are all from medical school. No, no, not, not, not Dave, the, not, the website Oh, no, Dave, guy. the website guy. But lots of them from that. That's interesting that you've that you you three of your four best friends are from that long ago, which I respect and think is a good thing. It's a really tight medical school, St George's, yeah. um, okay. Tooting. Um, and if you want to know how good it is at medicine, the the last two alumni are me and Harry Hill, which will give you on the wiki page. <laughs> but it's really tight because it's one of those where they all stay in Tooting and ones with a ball- ballam afterwards. Yeah. It never it never merged. 
with another in the medical schools. It's become a bigger entity. Okay. And so socially, I've, I mean, at my wedding, there's going to be at least 40 people from a med school at the wedding. Wow. Uh, here's a follow-up question to the Spice Girls question. Yep. Of the four friends you chose to be in your Spice Girls band and who you've been given funny names, Old Spice, how do you come up with this stuff? That's my joke in the book. <laughs> you didn't do that one. How many do you think would have chosen you to be in their Spice Girls band? Um, three, I think. Yeah, uh, not I'm, Dave not, the website guy. Not Dave the website guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was at his wedding, but I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't A-list. No. Uh, so, but the other three, absolutely. I, was, yeah. I mean, I was best man for two of them. Okay, that's good to know. Good, good emergency question. Should use that a lot more, shouldn't they? What do you feel, Oxford? Yeah. You're just disappointed I'm not doing the, uh, the old classics. I'll give an old classic. You might have done that. I don't think I've done this one to you before. Maybe I have. Would you prefer... Oh, no. Yeah, I'll, I don't think I've asked you. Would you prefer to have a hand made out of ham or an armpit that dispenses sun cream? A hand? Hand made out of ham. You can yeah. eat it as much as you want. As much ham. It's not actually ham. It's just a ham-like thing that grows out of your yeah. hand. No animal has suffered. Mm. or an armpit that dispenses sun cream of whatever fact you want, just enough for your personal use. Um, I don't think a hand made of ham is much use for me now, so I'm going I'm I'm to skip that. It's just going to fall everywhere. Well, so I'm just going to go for the armpit and the sun cream. Okay. I'll be done. Cool. Everything's about Parkinson's disease. That's your problem. <laughs> what you have is dopamine privilege. <laughs> Imagine that your finger is fine. Would you rather... <laughs> Would you rather have a tit that dispenses talcum powder or a finger that can travel through time? Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd like a finger that could travel yeah, could, through time. Where would your finger go if it could travel? So before I did all the boxing fights. Muhammad Ali versus... No, that, that's, 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 uh, after that, I just thought Muhammad Ali Foreman, one of the greatest yeah. sports events of all time. I'd like to... Uh, it, would, it would travel through time. Actually, no, do you know what it would do? Having only heard this question for the first time. Yeah. If I had a finger that could travel through time, I would just go to the 1930s and pick up Donald Bradman and take him to the 1980s and have him bat against the West Indies pace bowling attack <laughs> of the 1980s and see how fucking impressive he is then. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's what I'd do. It's a very strong finger you've got. I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure it's allowed to take things through time, but I'm going to allow it. Right, well, we're going to wrap up pretty soon because we're going to get you a... A cab to the station. It's only about two minutes walk away, but you know, Parkinson's disease apparently. <laughs> it's, it's, funny, it's funny you say that. At the station, the, the taxi driver refused to take me. Really? When I asked, um, and I get that now. It's yeah. journeys that I don't want to do because I'm lazy and I've got a disease card to play. Yeah. And taxis won't do it. They're, they're not having any of it. So wow. that's why I was slightly late here. Yeah. Well, not slightly late, but slightly delayed. You were, you were perfectly on time, but fuck that guy. I'm allowed to take the piss, he's not. Um, <laughs> so you're touring this show throughout 2020, which is yeah, when this podcast is going out, yeah, luckily it's, for you. it's still called A Hazy Little Fig Called Love, yeah. because it was just too late to change the title of the show. <laughs> yeah. But it's only partly about getting married, and it's, it's, just, it's really just about fighting back uh, and making sure that when it comes down to it, I've got carry on earning money. Yeah. Uh, and I'm the best going to do that. There's no reason not to. I mean, you know, there's no reason to not to carry on what you're doing at no. the moment at all. So it's, it's, it's really fantastic, I think, that you've been open about this. I've got uh, no choice. No. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of people saying, you're very brave, you're very brave. I haven't got any choice. I'm a professional comedian who's on telly every week. 
I need to give the Daily Express some stuff to fill their <laughs> online pages. Yeah. And it's a, it's a very... It's a very it, I mean, yeah, it might feel brave. It's just very pragmatic. I've just got to get on with writing jokes. Yeah. Well, you do, and you will. And uh, <laughs> I wish you the best of luck with everything, Paul. It's fantastic for you to come on. Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Paul Sinar! Thank you very much. Thanks, Paul. I'm going to be over there in the foyer. I'll see you in a sec. <laughs> with me returning and my guest Paul Sinha thank you to Pest this music gets better every time I hear it I love it thank you very much to everyone at the Oxford Playhouse where we recorded this particular podcast thank you to everybody at GoFasterStripe.com it's mainly Chris Evans not that one but there's a hard team of people right there my fan friends and thank you to ACAST British Comedy Guide sorry I called you cunts the other week in the titles that was uncalled uh, my producer for this series has been largely James Hingley. Thank you also to the producer, Ed Walker, to whom I'm particularly indebted. My executive producer for this show was Andrew Smiler-White. His nickname's Smiler. It's ironic, he, on set he did not smile once, not even when we were being all funny. But, you know, each to their own, that's what I'm saying. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and Go Faster Strike production. Head to the... RichardHerring.com slash gigs page of my website. You can find out where I'm going to be. I've got London gigs coming up. Michael Palin's on. The Parapod are on. Lolly Edipopi's on. Lots of people coming up. And there'll be more people by the time you hear this. Uh, And there's dates every Monday in March and April the 6th. There's also um, Birmingham and Norwich coming up, but I suspect they may be sold out, but you never know, you might get tickets go and check it out, look out, check on Twitter and stuff. Uh, anyway, I'm going to go now, so goodbye, thank you for listening to me, if you did, and if you didn't, then you will smell of poo, if you don't know that I said that about you, but you do so I have won! Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com 
Thanks for listening. Go to gofasterstrike.com for all your download needs. Thank you to Chris Evans, as always. Not that one, uh, for the spectacular work he does on all of these podcasts. Uh, RichardHerring.com for all your gigs needs as well. Thanks for listening. Listen to another one. Go on, I dare you.